Hey everyone, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. Every week, we sit down with freelancers like you for actionable coaching calls with one mission. To help you ditch the feast-famine lifestyle and build your own sustainable business. At one point, we were both brand new freelancers, barely making ends meet. But by now, we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands. Visit freelancetofounder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now, get ready to take some notes because an all-new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now. On today's show, if you get most of your clients from referrals, is that a good thing? Or is your business at risk of failing? You're about to hear a coaching call with Duenya, who's calling in from Alabama in the USA. And Duenya has a great writing business going. She's working with clients she loves and has a small team to support her. But Duenya literally lies awake at night worried about not having a client generation system in place to bring in predictable new work. Her annual goals are literally pulled out of thin air and she's not sure how to fix it. Clay and I share a few of our best ideas for building a predictable client referral system, as well as other ways to get clients in the door in a more predictable way. Stay tuned. It all starts right after this quick message from our sponsors. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. I'm Preston Lee from Milo.co and joining me on the air is the brand new dad of the show, uh, Mr. Clay Mosley from GetDripify.com. Hey Clay, how you doing? Hey man, yeah, that's right. I made it. I made it uh, away from the house and happened to uh, <laughs> make it here to the podcast. <laughs> that's good, man. Uh, you've got to be so tired, but um, huge, huge, huge congratulations to you. Let's see, how old is your child right now? And I, I won't. I don't. If you don't want to share anything on the air, don't share it. Uh, but anything you want to share with us, that's great. Today is oh I'm totally down because my my baby's going to be become an employee of Dripify uh, this year for tax purposes. <laughs> she's going right. to be she's going to be an Instagram model uh, for twelve thousand dollars a year. <laughs> so um, uh, just a little tip there. I'm not a CPA, so full disclosure. Um, well, I uh, have talked to my <laughs> CPA and he gives the same advice. So yeah. look into that if you have kids and you want some. Uh, some tax advantage there. You can, yeah, sign them up as an employee. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Anyway, she is, uh, today she's uh, 10 days old, 10 days old. So she was born on the awesome. December 27th. So uh, yeah, super happy. But you know what's so funny? I, I, I managed to, <laughs> believe it or not, I managed to launch two websites in the first 10 days of fatherhood. Of course you did. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> While the baby was sleeping, man. <laughs> That's funny, man. Keep up, keep up that hard work. That's awesome, yep. uh, man. It's so it's so fun to watch. Uh, you know, new parents. I've got three kids. Listeners might know our oldest is going to be twelve later this year. I mean, not till September, so he's he's eleven. But 
But boy, it uh, your priorities start to change and like the hustle and the grind are still fun. But then it's like, you know, how, how many hours do I put in versus how many hours do I put in being a dad? And For it's, sure. it's super, super interesting stuff. And uh, just, man, the best, the best thing, like I love being an entrepreneur. I love working. I love lots of things, but nothing beats being a dad. So I'm so excited for you. <laughs> uh, she's beautiful. You know, those of us who are friends on with you on social media have have seen pictures and just, man, just so excited for you. Because she takes after her mom. That's what she, <laughs> I, I think she looks, I think she looks like her mom. So yeah, yeah. That's a good answer. <laughs> good response. Joining us also uh, today is our new friend, Duenia, calling from uh, Alabama in the USA. Hey, Duenia, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys? So good. Doing good. Good. Yeah. Ready for the new year. Uh, ready to, you know, we're recording this on January 5th, so it's it's very much still the new year. Thanks for taking time to, to chat with us today, Duenia. We really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. I'm happy to be here. Good, good. Let's let's start off. Let's give the listeners an idea about uh, your business. Where is it currently at? What are you working on? Maybe who are your clients? Just kind of give us a, a well-rounded, quick picture of your business. Okay. The name of my business is Pros and Pens, and I provide content writing services to brands and professionals. And I'd like to say that my specialty is helping those brands create content that people actually want to read um, in effort to increase their um, brand awareness and customer retention. So it's really about great quality, fun to read, engaging content that um, people are drawn to for those brands. I love that. Okay. So tell us maybe maybe some of your favorite kinds of clients, like like when you say you're creating fun content, what what's really your bread and butter? What do you maybe you could give us a real concrete example of something you've worked on recently or something like that? Okay, well, um, one of the actually, I, I am still in the middle of this project, but okay. um, a an a regional airport wanted to create some content other than the instructions were actually to create content that is elevated from a typical airport. So they wanted Hmm. something um, that's just not the traditional run-of-the-mill content, but with a little more punch, a little more conversational, more engaging for visitors to the website. And so we are actually in the middle of that project. And sometimes it's very difficult to get because they're there are more people involved on the project than normal for me. And <laughs> yeah. it's, it has been difficult in this process to have some of those people who are involved to break away from what is considered traditional content. And so that's where we are there. Mm. So adding a little more like personality and punch yes. into content is, is, can be tough to like teach yes. someone who's yes. traditionally an SEO writer or just a very like, systematic writer might, yeah. might be like talented gram- grammatically but but might have a hard time like adding a little more flavor or personality to, to right breaking away yeah. from just basic senses or any of those things so this one has been interesting yeah yeah i love that and so so you're you're working obviously with other people do you have employees are you working with subcontractors what's your kind of business arrangement i work with subcontractors so i have okay. I work with three freelance writers 
and one freelance editor. Awesome. You got a great shop running there. Yeah, I'm very appreciative of them. <laughs> yeah, we know that feeling, definitely. Uh, I, you know, Sometimes I'll go on podcast interviews and stuff and people will ask something like, I've, I've been asked this maybe three or four times. It's like, what's, what's the number one investment or what's like the best thing you've invested in in your business? And they're always looking for like software or books or education or something. And by and far and away, like every time my answer is people. Like yeah. That, yeah. people are just the best investment you can make in your business. Good people. It's so hard to find too. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. <laughs> yeah, and then you got to, and then it's so hard to keep them, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because if you find really good people, like you know, they've got lots of opportunity to go yep. to places. So you got to take yep. really good care of them. Yeah. Yes, and I think that's a that's a fine line that you straddle because when you are working with freelancers, they mm-hmm. do have full time jobs, and you have to always keep in mind that you aren't necessarily the priority. Um, and so although they are great and they do great work for you, you aren't the priority. And so that's always, you know, a thing that runs in the back of my mind. Um, yeah. Or, or at least they'll have other priorities, right? That, yes. That, um, yes. Yeah. That sometimes you'll be the top priority and sometimes someone else will be. And yeah, you have yeah. to learn to, to be okay with that. Yeah, okay. Um, yes. One way we've done that, and I'd love to hear, Duenia, if you have any, and Clay, obviously you as well, if you guys have anything to add, but one thing we've done um, to sort of help that, and I think it's been really helpful and powerful in our team, who is all, for listeners who haven't heard before, we've talked about this kind of ad nauseum, but uh, you know, my team is all contractors. And so we're all, we're all part-time, we're all freelancers, we all have our own businesses, but then we sort of team up together to run Milo. And one thing we've done is, um, is we've focused on a results-only work environment. R-O-W-E. You'll see it online that way. And and basically what it means is like, I don't, I literally don't care when people work or how they get the work done or we don't clock in, we don't track hours, like none mm-hmm. of that. Um, we focus on the results that our team gets. And if they want to get those results in five hours a month, uh, I will still pay them the same amount as if we get those results in, you know, 120 hours a month. So like, it doesn't matter to me how long it takes to get it done as long as we hit the results. I don't know if you guys have any any ways that you've been able to to work with a team like that where they have shifting priorities, you're not their only client maybe, or may not be their most important client all the time. Any thoughts? Um, well, I work exactly the same. Um, I don't ask anyone to time track and I don't allow my clients to ask me to time track. Um, mm-hmm. there, have, mm-hmm. there are clients who have asked me to do that before and I I always say, no, It this is really a project. We have a deadline and I am going to meet that deadline. And so it is the same way with the, with the freelancers I work with. I don't ask them to keep track of time. We have a deadline and as long as you meet it and the work is done well, we have absolutely no problems. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That's I've never tracked time. Um, because like for billing purposes, really, yeah. uh, it never made any sense to me because I I swear I was spending more time than I wanted to 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 track time, yeah. and it just seemed like it like just defeated the purpose. <laughs> so it's like plus like I think if you track time, I think you're already limiting how much you could charge. Yes, mm. because I think if I think 
uh, tracking time, people track time in hours and just general the general work work uh, employment area. Like if you're an hourly worker, people automatically automatically think less pay versus salary. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, well, and like you know, if you go to a client and you say, and now we're talking about you know time tracking in, in terms of what a client's paying you, but I think it all it all ties in together. But if you if you go to a client and you say. I'm going to charge you $800 an hour <laughs> when when their lawyer or or some like high level service professionals may be charging $300 an hour they're going to just like laugh you to scorn and and not going to hire you but but if you have a project and you bid them you know $10,000 for a project and then only work whatever the math is <laughs> to work out to that same $800 an hour mm-hmm. level like they'll never know they don't care because they're paying for the result they're paying for the value that you're bringing to their business. And so, yeah, you're right. As soon as you start charging by the hour, you automatically restrict yourself. Yeah. You set limitations, just even if it's just psychological in other people's minds. Yeah, that's so true because like, I'm thinking about the websites that I, I build. And so I'm like, and I just did quick math. It brought, like a super basic website probably takes me like 20, 25 hours to build out. Like from like yeah. actual actual laptop time, 20, 25 mm-hmm. hours. And I charge a minimum ten thousand dollars for a website. And so that's like five that's roughly five hundred dollars or more, like five hundred plus dollars an hour. So like yeah. I, my clients, whenever I say, okay, you know, it's ten thousand dollars, like most of them be like, okay, that's fine. Like it's a website. Yeah. Um, but if I were to say, you know, I'm gonna build a website for you, but it's gonna be five hundred dollars an hour, like Holy cow, like psychologically, it's <laughs> yeah, so much different. It's a lot of money to pay someone yeah. on an hourly basis, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We we also, we had this experience like with a guy. So uh, I think I talked about this on the air maybe a year ago, a year and a half ago. We decided to finish our basement in our home. We got a bunch of bids from from people and one guy wanted to do it by the hour and he was just like, it's just, I don't remember, it's just 75 bucks an hour for as long as it takes. <laughs> and then other people came back to us and they were like, it's, you know, $30,000 or whatever. And we jumped at the fixed price because the the hourly one, it might have come out cheaper in the end, but like, who knows? He could have come and done nothing for eight hours one day and we still would have had to pay him and, and we would have had no results. So like, I'm very, very much a fan of like, you pay for what gets done not for the time someone's butt is in a seat or someone's, you know, in a certain place claiming to work. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, it's- I digress. <laughs> <laughs> but um Dwayne, yeah, let's get back to you. Let's make some progress here on um on where you'd like to take your business next. So listeners of the show know that when we have a guest like you on uh, we have you fill out a questionnaire where we ask you a lot of things about your business. So we've learned a bit about your business as we've read through that. But also, and most especially, we ask you to fill out this freelancer to founder scale, um, which is what this whole show is based on. We say, you know, right now on a scale of one to 10, one being freelancer, 10 being founder, where do you put yourself on that scale? And then where would you like to be in six or 12 months? And you mm-hmm. put that you're currently a seven. Uh, mm-hmm. That seems to make sense to me. You've got a team you're working with. Um, you know, you've got clients you you've working with. Like, tell me how long you've been at it too. I don't think we talked about that. How long have you been in business? Um, I am in my sixth year. So I resigned yeah. from teaching in 2016. So I'm in my sixth year business. 
Awesome. That's great. Yeah. So I think I would agree. Like a seven is a good solid place to be. You put that you'd like to in the next six or 12 months be at an eight. What what looks different uh, a year from now in your business? In a perfect world, what would look different for you? Um, in a perfect world, what would look different is that I would have in place um, some sort of client acquisition system. And I really hmm. feel like that is the greatest thing plaguing me at the, at this point. That is the thing that keeps me up at night. Um, <laughs> and I, I really, I really have no clue what, what a system looks like, how to put one in place. Um, I, yeah, I'm just lost. I'm completely lost. Yeah. <laughs> when it's a real system. Okay. Well, you are you are not alone, um, for sure. And I think we can talk about a lot of that today. I want to, before we dive into that, I do want to remind you uh, or remind listeners and tell you about an episode that we just published. So it literally just published last week at the time of recording. It's it's um, called Powerful Lead Generation Strategy for 2022. And it was Clay's mm-hmm. birthday when we recorded. So he took the day mm-hmm. off. But I had a call with... Uh, a gentleman named Yash, and he has built uh, an agency from two people to over 55 employees in just a few years. And now he runs a tool called uh, Client Joy. And he had a great system that you could go and literally just copy <laughs> or copy the pieces that you like. Uh, and so he outlined a really great client acquisition strategy. But I think it'll be nice to have Clay here today, who's spent a lot of his career um, building systems to bring in new clients. I have obviously a lot to share. We're going to take a quick break before we dive into the really good stuff here. We'll have a quick break from a message from our sponsors, and then we'll be back in just a couple minutes, and we'll help Duenia identify some ways that she can build a system to bring in clients on a regular basis. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hi, and welcome back to Freelance to Founder. I'm Preston from Milo.co, and uh, with me on the air are my two friends, Clay from GetDripify.com, and we're chatting with Duenia. Today, chatting about her business. Welcome back, guys. Yo, yo. You. So, Duania, before we uh, had a quick break there, we were talking about your business and setting up a system for bringing in new clients. Clay, where would you uh, start this kind of conversation? As Duania comes to us and she says, I don't have a system in place, but I really want one in the next year. Where do you start? Yeah. Um, so this is a good. This is really good uh, topic. Uh, this is something I I, <laughs> I swear I, I'm daily, every single day I'm talking to someone about it. Um, so first of all, I just want to say, uh, press. I just want to reiterate what Preston said. You are not alone. I, from my experience, I would say ninety plus percent of business owners just don't have a system. They don't. Yeah, especially freelancers um, and like service based businesses. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like. They just randomly try different marketing things, different sales things, and when things don't work, they try something else that's new. And then they, when that one doesn't work, they drop it, try something else. Like there's no actual system. Like 90, 95% of businesses from from my experience don't have it. So don't feel super alone in this because it's it's not an uncommon thing uh, place to be. Um, so. To answer answer the question, like the first place I would look is I would do a current evaluation of where you are currently getting business and how you're mm-hmm. getting it. So I'm sure you've heard that before. Everyone says that, but like what I mean by this is look at your client journey. I mean in in detail and try to identify what I call black holes um, in in your 
your system, your client generation um, system, because the black a black hole, in my opinion, is 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 where people are falling off. Where are you losing them? Yeah. Um, and also, like, who are the people that are coming on? Like, where do they specifically come from? Like, get super detailed. Um, and so, if like if they're refer- if they're from referrals. Okay, well, look to see who actually referred them to you and where did that person come from? You know what I mean? Yes. Like, do an ultra deep dive in the data as far as like where all these people are coming from. If it's word of mouth, okay, well, where did they hear about you? You know what I mean? Um, so you have to like look and see um, just the, the behavior of your current client base, right? Mm-hmm. And see where they came from, what they're buying and how they're buying it. And so that's that's the first step I would I would start with. Okay. Have so you done any of that? Doing yet? I mean does that does that yeah, have you have you taken any of those steps yet or is that something you feel like you could benefit from or what do you think? Well, that is something that I did and I I really started keeping track of it more last year 2021 and mm. i added so people are able to book a consultation with me and so i added a line on the the consultation form from where did you hear about us and so that was the starting point for me gathering that information so they could tell me it was a referral from XYZ person, or it may have been Instagram, or it may have been a Google search, whatever. I did have some place to start hmm. to find out where I am um, getting clients. So I have started that process. Like Is that, that where you stopped? Is that where you stopped? So mm-hmm. you said you started, but have you done anything beyond that? No, because then I didn't know where to go from there. Uh, <laughs> so let, I can I can help you out with the next step. Okay. Um, so for, actually, so first thing is on that form, is it a is it a, an objective uh, questionnaire? Meaning there are a list of choices, or is it open ended? It's open. Okay, perfect. Because that that question should so for anyone listening, that question for anybody who has a form like that should always be open-ended. It should never be a multiple choice or a radio uh, selection. It should always be open-ended. Um, the second thing that I would encourage you to do is, is so you, you did that good, so that's, that's great, is you need to actually uh, have a conversation with the person about, about it. So if they say, if they say okay, referral, mm-hmm. um, or if they say Instagram, um, whenever you talk to them, just be, you know, be casual about it. Just be like, Hey, I, I noticed you selected Instagram on how you heard about me, but can I ask you like, what was it specifically that made you message me or, or fill out this form? Was it an ad? Um, was it someone told you to follow inst- my Instagram handle? Like, so I would just dig deeper, a, 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 another, another level and just figure out, okay, what does that mean because Instagram can mean so many different things, right? Okay. It can mean an ad. It can mean a piece of um, a certain piece of content like that. I would just dig deeper. That that would be the next step if I were you. Okay, that I can do. That makes sense. And I I would maybe take a uh, a little bit different approach. Um, I think I think both will work smashingly. Here here's what I would do is like I. It, it depends a little bit on the stage of, of business you're in. But in your particular business, Duenia, I think 
it can be a little bit risky to just put that uh, where did you hear about me thing and then spend a lot of time on that. Mm-hmm. It, it can be really helpful, I think, for making plans for the future. But I think here's what can happen sometimes, unfortunately, is, is we, we set up an open-ended, I think that was excellent advice, an open-ended question, where did you hear about me? They put in Instagram. And let's say 10 of the 15 clients that I get over the next six months um, say that they found me on Instagram. Well, great. Then so then in my mind I'm like oh I need to I need to double down on Instagram you know it's clearly working and you know I, I just need to do more work there and I'll get more clients well yeah that's true but what about all of the places where people haven't heard about you that that you could potentially convert a bunch of clients from mm-hmm. that um, so like Instagram is already working and so could you then say well, Instagram is working well, what I'm doing, I can sort of maintain the status quo there or maybe do a little bit more, but but maybe I should experiment with Facebook or Facebook ads, or maybe I should I should experiment with texting, or maybe I should experiment with TikTok or, or whatever. Like maybe I should do direct mail. Maybe I should go to conferences. Like there's all these other options that if you're not doing them at all, no one's going to put on the form, I heard about you at a conference if you're not if you're not sort of actively, there might be one or two, right? But no, there's not going to be a large percentage of people who have heard about you through certain ways that you're not even really trying to do. And so to me, it seems like you could also um, identify ways that sound interesting to you that you think you could really excel at. You know, if you're a really outgoing person, maybe you would love to go to conferences. If uh, If you love to write, obviously you're a writer, like maybe you could do some SEO writing and get a blog going where people find you by searching for solutions and finding your blog and signing up for your newsletter and it's a whole funnel process, right? Like so so I think there's there's opportunity outside of where people are already finding you for you to mm-hmm. say, okay, that's how people are finding me, but where else could I really shine to find new untapped opportunities for bringing in new clients? Okay, so I have I have actually thought about that um because I don't love spending my time creating content for social media or posting on social media. So I thought, where is it that, like you say, where do I shine? You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's going to want to take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to Hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. 
LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs. And did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. And I shine in writing. And one place where I've definitely dropped the ball all these years is my email newsletter. And so that is something that I've recommitted to for 2022. And also, like you mentioned, SEO blogging. That is um, another thing that's on my list for, for this year because I feel like those two places I have overlooked in favor of social media when that's really not a strong point for me. And so I do want to go to where I am stronger and that will be email mm. and the blog. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Preston, go ahead. No, go go for it. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I want to I piggyback off of Preston. So I 100% agree with him as far as like trying new things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say that it is a... An, maybe an 80-20 thing, like put in 80% of your resources into the things that that are working currently and 20% as testing new things. Like I think you should always do this. Okay. Um, uh, and, and I want to be careful with, um, with what you had just mentioned about is like sticking to what the areas you feel strong in, which I 100% agree with you, you should do those things. Mm-hmm. Um, just be careful and don't get don't get um, bottlenecked into that because I I would I would actually uh, what am I trying to say? I, I would actually say this instead instead of saying uh, I'm going to stick with doing the things that I'm strongest. I would say I would do do the things that you're strongest in. And adapt to the things that may where your audience is going. Okay. Yeah. Because like yeah. if if you're doing like let's just say for example your email newsletter, but like and you know this like just the history of email. Yeah. I mean, if you sent an email in the late '90s, you got a close to 100 percent open rate. But now it's like what 10, 20 percent. Mm-hmm. If you're and lucky. So yeah, if you're lucky, and so like. It, for those people that just stuck with only email newsletters back in the late 90s, early 2000s, and over the next 20 years, and if that's literally all they did, they their their business would suffer. And so I would I would just keep in the, in your mind to like not to not bottleneck your uh, your focus just just to just because you're good at those areas. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you have to do the things that. Are uncomfortable because that's where your audience is going. So you always ha- you always need to go where your audience is hanging out. Um, and if you need to hire someone to do those things because you don't you're not strong in those areas, then mm-hmm. I would say do that. Yeah. Um, and so I, I I just wanted to mention that because I think a lot of people don't adapt when they need to. 
I love that you bring that up because I, I agree. Like, don't waste time on stuff just because you enjoy it necessarily. I I think there's there is definitely a fine balance between like if if you're naturally good at it, then I think it will be more successful. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can also hire people who are naturally good at whatever Facebook ads, uh, Instagram marketing. Like, there's I think there's something to be said for if you're going to do your own marketing, you do stuff that you're good at, that you're passionate about, that's sustainable. But you're right, if it's not bringing in clients, like <laughs> it, it's not a marketing activity, right? So you can blog all day, but if if no one's searching for the things you're writing about, then you're you're really just talking to nobody and not driving any results. And so yeah, there is like this fine balance. I'm I'm 100 on board with what Clay said. Like there's this fine balance between what work am I good at, what work can I excel at in terms of marketing driving client awareness and what, where are my clients actually hanging out? And if you can find a good balance between that and say, yes, I'm really great at a newsletter, but you know, people aren't maybe opening newsletters as much. Can I convert some of this newsletter content into whatever, uh, blog mm-hmm. content? Can I convert it into direct mail? Can I convert it into wherever your clients are that they're, that they're really going to be looking for you? Can you take some of those talents and move them there? So, okay, I agree with you all. And I also want to say that there are just so many pieces to this puzzle. Um, Because let's just say Instagram, for instance. I have found that people who do come from Instagram for whatever reason, by whatever means, those are not typically my favorite clients. Hmm. And oh, this is good. This is good. Yeah. yeah. So it, there, there's just, I can't put it into words, but they are not my favorites. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my favorites are those clients who come word of mouth, you know, referral because they have been primed. They understand what it means to work with me. They understand the cost. There's very little conversation about how much something is going to cost because they already have a pretty good idea. So that is where I would like to to live more, I guess, um, as far as finding new clients. But I always hear that that's just not sustainable. Word of mouth referrals aren't sustainable. And so there has to be something else. And yeah. so that's where I, I keep getting confused or lost or don't know which way to mm. go because I, I have figured out there are some places that aren't worthwhile, but then I don't know where else, you know, where else to go. So may I ask you to, where do you all go? Like, mm-hmm. where do you place your marketing efforts? Yeah. I love that question. There's so much to unpack here. Um, I I would I would start by clarifying just a couple of things, and that is, it's not for I don't think it's not that um, it's not that referral based business isn't sustainable. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of businesses that from the day they start till the day they're done, <laughs> they only take in business based on referrals, and they do just fine. What's hard for a lot of freelancers is, or, or agency builders, or whatever you want to call yourself, what's difficult is predicting. Yes business from referrals, yeah. right? You don't, you don't know if, 
if you're going to get 10 new referrals this month or zero new referrals this month. And that yeah. can be really hard. And not to say that, I mean, maybe maybe the area of focus, as we're talking about like all these, all these opportunities to focus on, maybe the area of focus that you take is how can I build a predictable, reliable referral system? Right, like, like that's it. not that's not uh, out of the realm of possibility. Instead of dedicating time to a newsletter or to your Instagram or to whatever, maybe you dedicate time to building up almost like an affiliate network or something where people are constantly referring you new business. Um, and so, yeah, I think I think you've done a great job identifying the quality of client that you want, the kind of client you want, and where they come from. And it, just because it's referral doesn't mean that you can't systematize and scale that up. So I think we could put a pin in that and come back to that in a minute if you'd like. I think I'm sure Clay has some ideas. I maybe have some ideas on on building a system around referrals. If that's really the direction you want to push hard, we could we could talk more about referrals. Um, but to answer your question, and then Clay can can give his answer is. I, I actually do a ton of uh, like networking and cold outreach. So I, I, I'll reach out to someone and say, this is what I'm working on. This is what I do. I think we could find some synergy. And people are often really receptive to it uh, because I lead with like the value that I can bring to them. And so that's, that's something that I spend a lot of time on. I have found really good results just being very direct about it instead of publishing on social media over and over again. But I know... Clay has done a lot of that social. Clay, what do you want to add in terms of where you go to find new clients? Okay, so <laughs> I have I have a, a long-winded <laughs> couple of things here. So bear with me. Um, so first of all, I want to say, uh, so your 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 thoughts about Instagram, uh, and this is this is for any kind of marketing platform. Uh, I would not completely discount it. And write it off. Um, so, one thing, I guess, a couple things about Instagram in your specific situation is I would look at the content that you're producing and think, is this the type of content that my ideal client, right, the one, the ones that you actually want, mm-hmm. that they, that they, is is this the content that they like to to see? But but also, also like, is it in the right format? Does it aesthetically look good? Okay, um, because. I have seen it in the past where someone is like putting in all this effort in Instagram and just like you, they're either getting the wrong clients or they're not getting any clients at all. And we totally switched up the strategy and then now they're getting tons of clients from Instagram, uh, the ones that they want. So I would look at, I I wouldn't totally write off Instagram because of that. Uh, The second thing is uh, Instagram and social media in general even though you may not be getting the clients directly from there, the, the the clients that you want, the clients that you do get from word of mouth or from referrals, I guarantee you they look at your stuff and it is a closing tool. Okay. So if if uh, and, and you're gonna you're going to get clients indirectly because of the stuff on Instagram or or any other social platform because if the, if anybody's like me. Before I go and hire somebody, I look to see what they're doing on social media. And if I look, if it, if if what they're doing is legit, that helps. It helps close that client, even though you may not get direct feedback about that. Right? They may not mm. say in that question, "How did you hear about us?" They may not say Instagram. They're going to say, "Oh, you know, so and so referred me." Mm-hmm. But the reality is, they checked you out. So. Keep that in the back of your mind as far as like 
whenever you're putting that effort into Instagram. Okay. Um, because it's a, it's more of a, it's a branding thing. Okay. It's it's a branding. Don't I wouldn't think of Instagram as a uh, as a lead generation tool, think of it as a branding tool. I think if you switch your mindset around that, it's a lot easier to produce produce content with Instagram. Um, does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. And that that takes if I can if I shift my thinking that way, that mm-hmm. um that takes some pressure off. It just helps me to look at Instagram differently. I have a yep. different objective there. Different objectives. So yeah. it, it's so funny because if you change, if you you said it just right, if you change your mindset and objective behind your efforts behind uh, what you're doing on Instagram, it it totally changes the ball game as far as like, okay, now I'm I'm okay with making content on Instagram, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so think of it as branding in your situation. Um, the the other things I would say, uh, since you are getting lots of business from referrals. And Preston said it just right. It's not. It is a sustainable uh, strategy, but it is unpredictable, and also it's finite. I think yeah. uh, you you can't just turn up the advertising dollars and expect 10, 10, 10x more referrals. You know what I mean? Right. Um, it's it's completely finite on how many you can get. Um, so what I would do is I would look at the black holes that I mentioned earlier, like mm-hmm. where are people falling off and look at like whenever someone first becomes a client of yours, where do they fall off in that process from when they first become a client all the way to a raving fan? Uh, because I would look at what I call retention marketing. So what kind of marketing efforts are you doing to your current clients? So are you doing any kind of gifting? Are you doing any kind of email marketing to them, specifically to them as a client? Um, are you doing any kind of retargeting ad campaigns to your current clients? So like, I would look at the marketing efforts that you're doing just to that segment of people, not, not cold audiences, but what kind of marketing are you doing to your current clients? Because that will increase the number of referrals that you get from them. Okay. And that is, so I, I put a lot on my plate for 2022. But so that is, um, I listed that on my questionnaire is that is definitely a place where I have dropped the ball. And that is paying special attention to current and past clients. And so I have actually, you know, put some gifting in place and I started the year with an email just to to them. And I'm not sure what took it so long for that to click for me that I need to give them more attention. But I absolutely yeah. agree with you. I, I want to I recommend a book to you. Okay. Um, it's called Giftology. Just read that book. It's okay. really short, um, but it gives you... It's a, it's a really good book on, on gifting to current clients. Okay. Oh, Clay, we were supposed to tell everyone how you liked the gift I sent you. Oh, dude. Okay. I wish this podcast <laughs> showed like visual representation of what you gave. But like what you gave me, it was amazing. It was a uh, a custom neon sign of my company logo, which was amazing because like I plugged it in. I was like, oh, this is really well done. Um, and 
and uh, I get you can post it in the Facebook group or whatever. yeah 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 we'll we'll, um, we'll make sure there's a link yeah. in the show notes so people can check it out. If, I I so I had yeah. never seen it in person because I just ordered it you know and sent it right to you. Yeah, you sent me a picture and it was sick, man. It was cool, oh, dude. It was it was good. That was a perfect example of a custom personal gift because what what that book giftology is all about um it's it's guy guy but I think it's John Rulin I think that's his name um it, you don't send out swag don't send out mm-hmm. stuff with your own logo right uh you you create a custom gift that has that's personalized to your client and so you either put their logo on it or or engrave something with their name on it. And so what Preston did with me, he 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 ordered something a, a custom neon sign with my logo, which is amazing. Like that just goes uh, even farther with with versus like if you were to send me a mellow logo. Like come on, like oh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> if you send me a mellow custom neon sign, I'd be like, what the hell? Like what is? It? Did you actually send it to me? <laughs> So yeah, that was good. That was That's good. good. I'm glad you. I'm glad you enjoyed the gift. I I was yeah. super pumped when you sent a picture of it. But anyway, uh, again, I'm, I digress. I'm I'm all over the place today, Duenia. We've got maybe a few minutes left here. I want to make sure we're covering all the bases for you. What's left? What what questions can we answer for you? Have we uh, have we helped in some way? Have we caused more more work or more problems? Like where should we go for the next five or eight minutes? Um, you have definitely caused more work. However, <laughs> I'm totally fine with that because, uh, no, this has been very, very helpful beyond my expectations. I knew that you all would be helpful, but um, this is beyond. Um, oh, you're so kind. We're so glad to hear that. Yes. Um, let's see. Is there anything else? I'm running through my questionnaire in my mind. Is there anything I put? What is the what is the single uh, other than what we talked about? What's the biggest concern, struggle, frustration in your business right now? Oh, that was the client acquisition. I I I feel like I have a handle on many things, and that is the one that because you know, like you all said, the way that I'm doing things now with referrals only. It's just that there is no predictability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I try to set goals or revenue goals or whatever, I mean, it's it's all just a shot in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, I can, you know, kind of push some things once I get into the year, but I really would like to be at a point where I can set goals and have a way to work towards achieving them. Even if yeah. I miss them, there's some system there that I can look back at and say, I did this, I didn't do that, mm-hmm. here's what mm-hmm. happened. I don't have that right now. Yeah, these actions okay. yielded these results. So yeah. so next year, you know, I can try this and this, and it, it should yield these results based on the data that I have. You really are just missing like a, a feedback loop, it sounds like, um, to know... Yeah, what how your efforts impact your actual results. And maybe maybe then to close it out, um, Duenia, if we've if we really covered the bulk of what you've wondered about, I, I wonder if I could close it out then with a little bit more of a unique or radical idea. And I'd love to hear from a listener if there's someone who is still listening and who uh who has done this successfully, man, we'd really love to hear from you. But here's here's what I kind of picture you could experiment with. Mm-hmm. Um Let's say you, so obviously you get high quality clients from referrals, mm-hmm. but you're worried about that being scalable or predictable. But t- 
tons of companies are making so much money uh, using affiliate programs to promote their mm-hmm. products. Mm-hmm. And this this is maybe a little bit easier when everything's like just a, a click to buy. You know, it's it's a lot easier for for example, we run solid gigs. Our customers pay nineteen dollars a month, and when they click and they buy and they pay nineteen dollars, we pay our affiliates a certain percentage of that. So it's like really clean cut and easy, and it all just happens on automatically. But affiliates have been one of the top revenue streams for us, and it is more predictable and and. I can impact it more because I can say to all of our affiliate partners, this month we're running a special, you know, and or this month I'm willing to up your, you know, revenue share if you run some extra emails or some extra promotions to get it out to your audience. Like you can kind of build this network of of affiliate partners that are that then go out and evangelize for you, right? So so then you can run you you could almost hire like an affiliate manager of some kind to like manage this group of evangelists for you. And then when you need more business, you run a special offer and they promote it to all their audience or you or you increase people's revenue share and that incentivizes them to go out and find more business for you and so so you almost build like this little sales team of affiliates who go out and find the clients for you and build build a more predictable referral program. I don't know. Does any of that resonate with either of you? Do you think that could make sense? Uh, have you seen that done anywhere aside from, you know, I've seen it tons in SaaS, obviously, uh, software as a service. I've seen it tons in e-commerce and stuff, but I haven't really, I don't know if I've really seen it in like an agency or a freelancer setting. I... Not. Go ahead, join you. <laughs> uh, well, I was just saying that that I haven't seen it, um, but I'm willing to think through it to see if you know there's something worthwhile that I can come up with. Yeah, I I've uh, I've seen it on uh, uh, kind of on a different level. Um, so like with SaaS or software, I've seen it to where like people sign up for an affiliate program and then, then they're able to generate links and it's basically yeah. in volume, right? You have a you have mm-hmm. a the way you make that work is you you have a ton of affiliates. Um, in the service-based industry, I think it works works best, and it's it's, it's essentially affiliate. Um, if you just get four to five uh, <laughs> other people who share the exact same audience as you do, but you do not compete. So for you, you're a copywriter, um, or writer, uh, it could be a photo- a commercial photographer. It could be a website designer, developer. Um, it could be a business coach. Like you all share the same audience, and you could and you complement each other, right? Mm-hmm. And so I would. And this will take you a long time to develop, but I would try to find four to five of those types of people, and somehow come to. It can either be formal or informal. It usually works as an informal agreement that, hey, uh, if you ever need, if any of your clients ever need a a copywriter, uh, refer them to me and I will reciprocate it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you can develop those five relationships with those five people um, and they're solid, you will get you will get endless referrals just from those five relationships. So it's a lot easier to develop the five relationships versus having to transactionally find every single client yourself. Right. 
So yeah, the only the only issue yeah. is like that predictability or, or or the ability to influence that still like it, it doesn't exist quite as much. Like maybe you could partner that idea with with you know giving them some sort of revenue cut or some sort of perk or incentive to send people your way so that you could turn that up from time to time or turn it down. Like what we're trying to do is is add a little bit of ability to control. You know, when I don't have enough clients, I turn it up turn up the marketing. And when I have too many clients, I turn down the marketing. And that's what's hard about referrals is like, you could get 10 referrals this month and already be swamped and not be able to take them on. Like that's, obviously there's other solutions to that. But um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I think this idea of like, of like somehow incentivizing people at the right times to go out and sell for you or recommend you, there might be something there. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm off my rocker. I've obviously never done that myself, but man, it would be yeah. interesting to to take a look at. I'd be interested to see that too, because like the way I I don't see I've never seen it work with a financial incentive, mm. in as a in the service provider in, industry. The, yeah. Because the way I've seen it is is the model that I just described. But but what's important to those people is. You're you're doing reciprocation, a, right? You, well, it's reciprocation, but more importantly, it is about taking care of their client and making sure they're oh, in good hands. Right, 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 right. That yeah. is more important to them versus getting paid. So, that's from my experience. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm if I'm going to refer, like, so like for example, I I still build websites. If I'm going to refer someone over to you, Duenia, for website copy, mm-hmm. I I. I don't care if I get paid. Like, quite honestly, um, it, it's a nice bonus if you if you send me a check, whatever. But as long as you do a really good job with my client and they are super happy, that's all I care about. Yes, I, and you know, I, and if you do that, like, I will keep sending people to you. You know what I mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's I, my take on it. I agree. Well, Duenia, I'm afraid we're out of time uh, today. I think I could I could chat on this subject for a while. It sounds like we could we could probably keep spinning ideas for quite a while. I hope this has been helpful. Yeah. It sounds like it has been, uh, and okay. it certainly has been a pleasure for us to chat with you today, Duenia. Oh, mine as well. Um, yes, it, it has been very helpful. I have, I think I have, you know, quite a few things to work with. <laughs> Good. Well, we'd love to check back in with you at some point and see if any any of these ideas have panned out as well. Um, before you go, I, I thought, you know, starting this new year, it might be fun for our guests to make sure that listeners know exactly where they can find them and learn more about their businesses. Um, can you can you give people an idea of where to find you? Sure. Um, you can always visit the website. It's www.pros, P-O, I can't even spell. It's <laughs> www.prosead. P-E-N-S dot com. And I'm also on Instagram at Frozen Pins. <laughs> and my personal Instagram is Duania, D-W-A-Y-N-I-A dot Wilkerson, W-I-L-K-E-R-S-O-N. Awesome. Yeah, go go ahead and connect with Duania, especially if you need some for services. This could be a cool way for listeners to connect with one another and, and potentially build up their business just like we've been talking about. So if you want to come on the show like Duania has, we'd love to have you. Just visit freelance2founder.com and scroll to the bottom of the page. There's a way you can sign up and come on the show. Duania, thank you so much for joining us today. Clay, thank you as always. You guys have a great day. 
Thank you both. Thanks. Freelance to Founder is produced by the team at Millo. Visit millo.co to level up your freelancing. And Dripify, visit getdripify.com to become a bad A in business. Freelance to Founder is also part of The Podglomerate. You can check out more amazing podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music for this show was produced by Joaquin Carud. You can catch past episodes at freelancetofounder.com or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. While you're at it, we'd love an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. Until next time. See ya.